All right. Well, welcome in, everybody. Um, this is Coach B. I'm with Coach Bills. How are you doing, Bills? Doing very well. And you are, too, as far as I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I am. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's get into um, Region 1. We'll start off with Bakersfield, um, the Banana Skippers. Uh, you know, three years in a row, they've been an NTT finalist. They won it two, three years ago, last year. Two years ago, they finished runner-up to uh, Fremont. Fremont. Yeah, and they're from their conference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then last year, they lost to Ann Arbor in the championship. So, you know, these seniors, um, excellent class, Angel Johnson and Will Cochran. um, You know, those guys, you know, those guys have been the glue that's been there. They've been there for uh, four four years, you know, they've, they've only known, fi- known final fours. I mean, everyone on this whole squad has only known final fours and, uh, <laughs> you know, they're back and they're, they're really, really good. <laughs> they've won 17 and one against the number 21 strength of schedule. Even if you go to the exhibition games, um, they beat Sioux city by four. Um, one of the only undefeated teams in the entire, um, league. And, he did an interesting strategy this year. He he moved uh, Austin Alexander to small forward, but it seems to be paying off. Also, they also switched his zone, and they kind of rely a lot on him and Justin Becker. But you know, this whole team is just really solid. You know, holding opponents to thirty nine against a really tough strength schedule, shooting fifty percent from the field, killing people on the boards, assist. I mean, everything. Um, yeah, what do you think about this team? Yeah, that defense really sticks out. I mean, you pointed that out, but 39% opponent field goal percentage against the number 21 strength of schedule. I mean, really, mm-hmm. wow, that that is impressive. Uh, and, you know, you talked about the great senior class, and it is a very good senior class, but, you know, it's the third best class on the team in terms of rankings, right? Those juniors are the twin towers of Alexander and Hallenbeck. Alexander now at small forward, as you mentioned. And then the sophomores are also a consensus top 10 class led by all-world point guard Justin Becker. Uh, mm-hmm. So those seniors can kind of fill in and do what is needed for them. You called them the glue, I think. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, maybe not quite as balanced in terms of scoring as they've been in the past. I mean, last year's team saw uh, almost all five starters average in double figures per 30 minutes. Uh, Johnson was at nine per 30. And then they had three more guys off the bench uh, averaging double figures per 30. This year, I guess it's it's similar. Uh, or no, here I'm looking at last year's again. Uh, this yeah. year's a little different. Last this year with Donato gone, uh, it's just the three because Cochran is starting and he doesn't average double figures. So it's Becker, Alexander, and then Hallenbeck. You know he's at about twelve per thirty. Doesn't shoot a great percentage. So like you said, offensively they do rely on those two guys a lot. Uh, it's still an overwhelming team talent wise. Still a team that can make it to the Final Four and beyond. Um, but it might be a slight bigger challenge for them than it's been in the past yeah and they did lose one game they lost to Englewood who I mean you can't really fault a team for <laughs> losing to you know another top 10 team at least once you know right a top five team too I mean yeah Englewood, yeah. Englewood is number five and and deservedly so yes yeah, so they're going up against Detroit Detroit's been trying to figure out their lineup they came through and they won conference 17 tournament beating Owensboro today they beat Cedar Crapids in overtime by eight. Um, big one for them. But 
so I think this is this coach's Chase 307's first NTT. Um, he's only this is only his second season uh, as the coach. So yeah, congratulations to you. I mean, <laughs> don't expect the NTT that often. It's <laughs> it's not as easy. It's just uh, but you know, hey, he made it. So For sure. he's been he's been trying some different things with man and fast and normal and trying different guys, but. He seems to get a lineup that's done pretty good, beat three pretty solid teams in uh, Conference 17 to make the NTT. And, you know, I think I think that's his reward. <laughs> he gets to play the best team in the league probably or close to it. Close to it. Here's my question for you about Detroit. They played you guys and played you tough during the regular season. So uh, what do you what do you what did you learn about them from that game? Yeah, uh, I, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Um, it's, it's there. They played good defense, you know. They made it. They made it hard. We didn't. We we usually shoot pretty efficiently, and you know, um, we didn't shoot. We didn't shoot that efficiently that game. Uh, but you know, he's got a good squad, and uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they they played great defense. They came through with Spangler and Marquez. You know, both going for twenty against some really good defenders. So. Um, you gotta give him props. I mean that that Spangler guy. It's like he he went up against a really good defender. So um, you know, I think I think he's got a good squad, and uh, yeah, but I, I think he's a lot of his his league against this Bakersfield team. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree, especially at the point guard spot. And I, I don't mean to rag on Kareem Morris, but he stuck out to me in part because his class was ranked uh, number 255 in the country by Sim Hoops, a little mm-hmm. better by Hardwood. So it's, it's rare to see a guy from a class like that starting, especially on an NTT team. And then you take a look at his stats, and they, they kind of look like somebody from that kind of a class. I mean, 3.3 yeah. turnovers per 30. He's hardly got any steals. He doesn't score. Uh, two assists per 30. And, and he's going against Justin Becker, right, who was a big tie, has been a star. So even ignoring the rest of the huge talent advantage for Bakersfield, it's very hard for me to understand, very hard for me to see Detroit winning with that huge mismatch at point guard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, um, next, next game, we talked about one of these teams a little bit in the, uh, bubble, um, the bubble talk, but, uh, we got the eight and nine seed. We got the South Bend Orcas going up against the Omaha Audibles. So Omaha won their conference tournament over Arlington. Big win for, um, them, South Bend snuck in, um, losing four straight. Uh, they're starting their freshman, Gabriel Rogers. That guy, um, he's a solid player, 13.2 uh, points per game, 9.1 assist. Turns it over a little bit, but that's expected from a freshman uh, a freshman point guard. Um, yeah, they're, they're, really, they're a really good defensive team. They're holding teams to 41.8% um, from the field. Uh, they shoot a little better than that. And I don't know. I felt like in the past that it's like, man, sometimes it's just a relief to get out of, like, I feel like all the Conference 15 teams are just really good defensive teams. So that's just sometimes getting out of there, it's like, okay, I, I can breathe a little bit. I can score a little bit better. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, they got the big man, Damian Fisher, down low. Jesse Day, they got a solid squad. You know, they beat us pretty good. Um, they beat us pretty good in the regular season, beat us in overtime. 
Um, they're not on the hottest streak. Omaha, a little different. You know, they really rely on Benjamin Brown. That guy, you know, he led him to the Final Four two years ago as a freshman, and, you know, it seems like he just keeps getting better and better. That guy, he was first team all-conference this year, last year, his first team. I mean, he was conference player of the year. The, his freshman year, he was um, first team all-freshman. So maybe he hasn't been getting better every year, but he's <laughs> – he, he, he produces. He scores a lot of points, and they can really, really rely on him to score. They can rely on him to defend. And I wouldn't um, – I mean, Eric Allen might have a tough time. He's the leading scorer for South Bend in that one. How do you – yeah, how do you see this game going? It's kind of a conference bragging rights matchup, right? I mean, yeah. it's the top two conferences in the country. We talked on the Bubble podcast. I don't know if that will be published separately or part of this one, but either way <laughs> – Conference 15 has a big lead in terms of value in conference mm-hmm. rankings. So conference 24 has to feel a little bit disrespected. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how these conferences stack up. It's obviously just one team from each conference, but you take a look at Omaha a couple years ago, as you mentioned, they were in the final four. Um, I think they were a one seed at one point. I don't remember whether that was two seasons ago or last year. Uh, I think it might've been last year. And when they were that highly seated, I felt, uh, not so great about them. I felt like they were a little bit overrated, but now that they're back here as a nine seed, I think a lot more highly of them. I mean, you look, you look at their schedule They, I mean, find a bad loss on their schedule. You can't, all their losses are to yeah. top 25 teams. Uh, you know, Norman by three, Norman's number 15, number 14, Boca Raton by eight, number 18, Galveston by 14, number 20, San Antonio in overtime. And then they beat some of those teams in other games. They beat Norman. They beat San Antonio in the conference tournament. They beat Arlington in the conference tournament. So, you know, unless we think conference 24 is overranked, which I I was saying last year, but don't believe this year, uh, you know, Omaha has a pretty good, pretty good resume. So I I like this team. I think Brown is the real deal. He, you know, he's a two way player star at shooting guard. Caden Collins. I don't think you mentioned uh, a freshman who came in with a lot of fanfare from high school has been very good for them, actually finished higher than Brown in the all-conference awards. Hmm. So, you know, South Bend is a little bit hard to figure because they have been yeah. in such a tough tough conference and they've lost games to good teams, and I don't know what their stats would look like against different teams. So it's not as if I, I don't think they're able to keep up. But I like this Omaha team. I, I, think, I think they're legit for where they're seated, uh, and I, I think they'll have a good shot in this one. Yeah. And it's not like you can't say the same thing about Omaha. They're playing against tough competition. Yeah, you know? right, right, and, right. Like I said, no no bad losses and some good wins. And, you know, I'm always I'm always a big fan of the 6'8 point guard, you know. Um, so, you are, yeah. <laughs> Caleb Holick, you know, he's, he's really like mine to score, but, you know, if it works, it works, right? <laughs> he, yeah, he's he was at power forward, I think, earlier in his career. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah, he was last, last year. year he, was. he was their starting power forward. That's right. Uh, and now he has transitioned to point guard. So that is impressive. And, you know, Jesse Collier, too, I want to mention as a center. I remember him. He's somebody I looked at as a net player in high school. And I thought uh, when he was in high school, I thought, you know, he might be a backup. But he has been a solid starter for a very good Omaha team for, I think, his entire career, most of his career. Now he's manning center and blocking almost four shots uh, per 30 minutes. So, you know, there's some, some pretty good balance on this team. I like them. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's move down to the next one. We got Yakima, the Striders, going against Sumter. Maccabee, 
Tel Aviv. Okay, yeah. so I think that's a Jewish name. Um <laughs> Based on the Mac B. Uh, I think it's a team, right? Yeah. I, I feel like oh, we may have gone through this once before on a podcast. You know I'm not sure. I think they're a soccer team and maybe also a basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. Mac right. B. But I think you nailed the pronunciation. So nice. Good on, good on you. Of course, what do I know? Well, <laughs> I, think, I think that's right. It sounded good, right? Yeah, it did. It really did. Yakima's got a really solid team. You know, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but, you know, they. They did really well in the PNTT. They had like a billion overtime games in that. Um, uh, yeah, wow, they, they really did. And and then I think they did all right in the uh, in the tournament. I forget exactly how it went and everything, but um, you know, once they got the PNTT, this the the schedule gets just a lot easier, you know. And uh, they did lose a game to Anchorage. Um, they only played well. I guess the first time they beat them by 21. Second time they lost by eight. Um, they were in a lot of foul trouble. Corbin Montgomery only played. They, they had a lot of people that, you know, got in a lot of foul trouble and they just didn't play as much. But, you know, they still lost that game. So, but they got their undersized power forward, Corbin Montgomery. He's been doing that for years. Um, and they really were relying on their seniors. You got Hunter Holder, Tanner Stallworth, Michael Rader, um, Tanner Stallworth shooting really, really good numbers against not a great schedule, but, you know, 63.3% true shooting is still 63.3% true shooting. And um, he's doing it on high volume, scoring 25.6 points. So, yeah, I like that. They just got a lot of studs. Um, Michael Holder getting 9.1 assists from the pop, the small forward position. Hunter Holder, I mean, that's that's incredible. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to like when you see this uh, this team on paper. Um, you know, even though they're not going against the toughest schedule, Sumter on the other hand, you know, they got a really good uh, junior class, ranked five six. Um, Leland Quinn, Sebastian Boatwright, I think I think Robert Holly was a pretty big tie, if I remember right. Um, is that? Are, are I don't remember? I don't remember him, but I would imagine so. I mean, just a big guy who averaged almost 15 points and 12 rebounds and 3.3 blocks in high school. It would certainly make sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this team looks good, too. You know, also similar strength to schedule. They've lost a few extra games. Uh, I'm excited for that Stallworth-Boatwright um, matchup. Um you know, it's it's going to be interesting um, to see. I feel like, you know, this is one of the games that could be a s- upset, but Yakima is a really solid team, and they just have not been losing very many games. Yeah, so a couple of things on Yakima. First of all, I looked into their PNTT playoffs real quick while you were talking. They lost to the eventual champ, Montpelier, mm-hmm. by seven. So, seven, they, yeah, 84-77. Very respectable loss there. Uh, and, yeah, they lost to Anchorage, and Anchorage is number 120. But when you play all teams that are ranked around there, you might lose one of those games. You know, if you lose three or four, that starts to be suspicious. But when you lose one, I I can forgive that. You know, Uh, you're you're 17 and one with a rough schedule. These teams are always difficult to evaluate come NTT time. Uh, But, you know, we do have that PNTT to look at where they prevailed in some overtime games and eventually, you know, beat some good teams, beat St. Paul in the regular season, beat New York Mm -hmm. city in the preseason uh, and lost to that Montpelier team. 
I would say the thing that worries me about Yakima is they have the exact same starting lineup as last year, and they did not have a great run in the NTT last year. Uh, huh. They finished number 57 in the NTT, uh, coming in as a number six seed. So, you know, it's, it would be one thing if they lost their first round game and then finished in the 30s, meaning, you know, they won a bunch of their consolation bracket games, but they had a bit of a rough go of it. In fact, even after losing yeah. just that first round game, um, Sumter was in the NTT last year and actually finished a little higher, finished 52. And they also uh, didn't graduate a starter from that team. They switched out a starter. Um, they changed the lineup a little bit, or at least it's a little harder to tell because their yeah. small forward has been a rotation this year. Uh, Luke Stewart was starting last year, has been in and out of the starting lineup out more recently this year. Um, so, I mean, it's two teams that had pretty similar results to one another last season in the NTT, both with essentially the same lineup. So it definitely is an upset possibility. Um, it's, it's a little tough to back Sumter with such a poorly ranked senior class. Uh, you don't like to have a team like that. Whereas Yakima's, you know, stars are now seniors. So I would lean their way in this game, but hmm. I can understand why you say, uh, Sumter is a team that might be able to pull off the upset. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we'll see. Uh, the five-twelve matchup. We got St. Paul Saints against the Boise Potato Sacks. St. Paul um, lost a close game to um, Rockford in the championship um, by ten points. Um, but other than that, they've been pretty solid, beating pretty much everyone. They had a little hiccup after the PNTT. I feel like a lot of teams sometimes, you know, right after the PNTT, um, they struggle because I think. You know, either you get overconfident or underconfident, and <laughs> right. it's still early in the season. But it's like, how much can you draw? Especially, it's like, okay, you're losing to good. Te- if you lose to good teams, it's like, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but St. Paul, uh, you know, this is a team. He he likes to switch around his starting lineup. He's um, messed a little bit with James Hall, um, with. Ethan Alexander playing a little bit. Antonio Hernandez. He's tried Robert Lublick at small forward, at power forward. This is kind of a tough team to really nail down. Like, what mm-hmm. do they actually do? Um, you have to look a little bit closer at their actual schedule to see, um, yeah, their patterns and uh, stuff like that. Uh, Boise. Um, you got George Rowland, and they won Conference 21. I feel like every year, Conference 21, the, the winner of that conference is always a little lower ranked. And uh, Yeah, they really uh, beat each other up, is what I would say. They yeah. do beat each other up, but I feel like it's pretty consistent that like the champion of that conference in the regular season is not the best team by the power rankings. It definitely happens. Yeah, I mean, I think last year, Aspen kind of took care of that conference. Remember, we were kind of disagreeing about them coming into last year's tournament. I was higher on them than you were. They were, like, number 10 in the country or number 9 or something. But I agree. In a lot of seasons, it does seem that way. Like, some team will win the regular season, and another team will be ranked higher. Yeah. I'm kind of curious because St. Paul has uh, Amir Collier um, playing uh, point guard. He's not an amazing player. I wonder how he's going to hold up against George Rowland. George Rowland is a is a stud. Um, you know, he's he's the best player on that team. You know, first team all conference um, the last two years. Uh, through um, his freshman year, he was conference freshman of the year. He's he's a really really solid player. And 
Yeah, he's been playing Jonathan Wheeler at shooting guard. I, I mean, Blue seems like the coach that he's going to try a lot of different things. Um, he's going to adjust his lineup and try and get what's best out of um, out of his players. Uh, I mean, if we're going to look at how each team did in the PNTT, um, it looks like St. Paul has a pretty significant advantage. But, you know, um, Boise played some really solid teams. They only lost the Rocker by one point. Um, they lost you guys by four. Yep. Uh, they're, I mean, I think this is a solid, a solid matchup and, um, I could see it going either way. Yeah. Boise is a really interesting team to me because they, they, I mean, among other things, they were in my group for the PNTT. Uh, they looked like a really tough team to beat. They looked like the team that we would have to worry about the most if we were going to try to win the group. And then they went one and five in the PNTT. Mm -hmm. It just, they had a really, really rough start to the season you know, including some losses to good teams and, and some close losses, as you mentioned, but uh, it was kind of confusing. I kept thinking, oh, they're going to come, you know, they're going to win their next couple of games. I yeah. don't have to worry about them. We were, they were looming as the last matchup in the PNTT before the playoffs. So I just thought, oh, for sure, we're going to be one game up on them and then we're going to have to beat them. It's going to be tough. I think as it turned out, we were two games up, so we didn't even have to win that game. They just, they couldn't get it going that early, but then they figured it out, you know, and they went and went ahead and won the regular season conference 21. <laughs> as you mentioned. Uh, and it's just, it's a very talented team. Uh, so you think, okay, here we go. They're all ready. But then in the conference tournament, yeah. they lost the two, you know, their last two games, uh, 84-73 to Aurora. And then by three to, I think the coach's brother uh, in Fargo, if I understand from the message board correctly. So it's, it's very, very tough to get a handle on either one of these teams. I mean, you mentioned it about St. Paul, they move everything around. And then Boise just, you know, it's a very talented team. They've had kind of a tumultuous few seasons from my perspective as an observer. Yeah. Two two years ago, they were yeah. a number one seed going into the NTT, lost in the first round. Uh, last year, they were a number a solid four or five seed, I remember. Uh, lost in the second round. I think they got destroyed by Reno, if I remember correctly. Uh, so the NTT really has not been kind to them. But you know, each season, they have the talent to make some noise. And that is true of this year as well. Uh, one thing I want to object to about what you said is the slander for Armin Collier. He's short. He's six one, uh, short for basketball players, not necessarily mm -hmm. for real people. Uh, but he's good. I mean, he, he's got the second best game score on St. Paul per thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, he's only playing twenty two minutes a game, but he has he has some really solid numbers. So I don't think Coach Blue is going to be afraid to have him be the one who guards George Rowland. Uh, and Roland is good as well. He might win that matchup. It might be a problem for St. Paul, but I don't think it's because Collier isn't good enough. Um, so I, I, I tend to favor St. Paul. Um, I, yeah. I think they do, they do a good job finding the right mix all the time. They lost to Rockford in the conference tournament championship game. As you mentioned, that's kind of an annual occurrence. Uh, as far as I understand, Rockford is, it's always a really tough team, especially in that conference tournament. So I don't, I don't fault them for that. Um, yeah. they have, you know, another loss to them. They also played two teams from conference 21 and won both those games handily. Uh, yeah. they blew out Aurora by 18. They beat Aberdeen by 13 teams that Boise was competing with. So if you take that as a sign, St. Paul should have the edge. Uh, certainly it's not a fun 12 seed to play in Boise, you know, a talented team, but I, I think St. Paul should be able to push the right buttons. Real quick. I'm curious your thoughts. What do you think of, Boise's 5'9 class. I mean, they they don't seem to... They're playing Isaiah Beebe, um, who's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's not like... I, I, I mean, 
he doesn't do anything bad, right? You know, he, I guess he's not a great shooter, but you know, he can rebound, pass, defend. Those are, those are really important stuff, but it doesn't seem like a typical five, nine class. No. And I think this is part of why Boise struggled earlier in the year. I think the coach was giving opportunities to William Grant, for example, who had some very nice numbers in high school, you know, good shooting percentage, uh, not great defensive numbers, but pretty good all the way around. He started five of the six games of the NTT and that it just wasn't working. He had a couple of good individual performances, but they weren't playing well. And if you look at his numbers for the season, they're not very good. I mean, he's shooting under 40% from the field. So for whatever reason, the promise that he came in with just hasn't, you know, hasn't materialized. Uh, Turgeon is a guy who's playing backup center. I remember him uh, as a recruit. He is a guy who exploded in week two, week three, I think, of last year. So he was a very popular net max for people. Um, I think he was a three, four. Yeah, yeah, but not as a max. No one actually maxed him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, you take a look at his numbers off the bench per 30 minutes. He's got some awesome defensive stats. So, you know, some of these guys, I would not be surprised if two seasons from now, we're talking about this class, you know, Grant might figure it out being an offensive piece, BB as a glue guy, play some defense and pass Turgeon as a center. Eventually. I think, I think all three of these guys eventually could be starters on a good team. They just, for whatever reason, haven't been ready this season. Um, do I, do I think they're a typical top 10 class? Maybe not. Cause there doesn't look like look to be a star. Um, but I think it, I still think it's a solid class that, you know, it, yeah. sometimes you just have the wrong mix and players don't fit in and things don't go yeah. right. And that's, that's what I'm seeing from this Boise season. Um, and I, you know, a but year or two from now. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're 11 and seven, they won the games they needed to in the conference uh, to, to win it. So good on them. Good coaching job to, work things out and, you know, be patient, I guess, with that class is what I would say. All right. Let's move down to the bottom half of the bracket. We got Louisville, the Targaryens going up against the Ocala Opossum Louisville. Um, You know, they're really good. (laughs) You got Tyler Wolverton down there, down low, um, William Harwood, but, you know, Brandon Gore and Andrew Griffin, these guys have been mainstays for, um, four seasons on their team, you know, playing. I think you played them last year in the two years in a row. Two years in a row, we beat them two years ago, and then they knocked us out last year. Yeah. So, I mean, this team, you know, they don't play the best strength of schedule, but they're seventeen and one, um, and that's just hard to that's hard to duplicate. You know, last year they made it to the Elite Eight. The year before that, they made it to the Sweet Sixteen. So, this team, this team's got some chops. You know. And I think last year Wolverton was coming off the bench a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, you're right. Which I thought was really interesting. I mean, he was a huge tie, and I thought, you know, this guy should be playing more. But this year he he, he moved uh, Dakota Dixon and um, Oscar Salas to the bench, um, <laughs> which – I don't know. It, it's tough when you when you don't play like great teams. It's really tough to figure out like, okay, who is my best players, and which ones do the best, and which ones perform, and things like that. So um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how this team does. But you know, these guys are shooting fifty four point two percent from the field, fifty nine point nine percent true shooting. Uh, this this team's an offensive juggernaut, um, and they play pretty good defense too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on Louisville. As I mentioned, we played them two seasons in a row 
And it was funny because two years ago, I thought, wow, this team is great. They're going to be really tough to beat. They still had Kevin Reynolds, if you remember him, at point mm-hmm. guard. So they were a little short. Reynolds was playing point guard. Griffin was at shooting guard. He's 6'1". Gore was at small forward. He's 6'4". But they just looked really, really tough. And I thought they yeah. were tough to beat. Uh, we bar- you know, we barely got by him. And then last year, I have to say, I underestimated them. I thought, okay, Reynolds is gone. They can't be as good as they were the year before. You know, They're moving guys around in the lineup couple guys they had a senior named Corey timmons who started last year who, on a high school scouting report did not look that great i thought we'd be able to take advantage of him and kudos to their coach you know it didn't work out that way they beat us event you know eventually made the elite eight uh so great season and guys like griffin and gore were the keys to that and they're still there um, yeah it's a team that has a lot of intelligence for i remember from having scouted them closely last year i haven't this year but last year some some really smart players on that team seem to be a consistent theme so maybe that benefits them come NTT time. Uh, yeah. And I agree with what you said about the Wolverton versus Dixon question. I, I was never a huge fan of Solace. I'm not surprised to see him on the bench once there's a chance to put him there. But Dixon was good, and he earned his spot over over Wolverton last year despite not having the three inches that Wolverton has as a seven-footer and you know maybe not being as heralded a recruit. Uh, yeah. So it is it is interesting to see Wolverton in there now. They're, they're two talented players. Um, and I imagine it was tough for their coach to decide who to put in, but certainly their coaches earned the benefit of the doubt with a couple of nice NTT runs over the last two seasons. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually really intrigued by this matchup. I think Ocala's, uh, you know, they're, they haven't performed the best, um, you know, but they've been some solid teams. They beat Lansing in the exhibition round, uh, beat Rochester. Um, you know, they beat Daytona, uh, Clearwater, they they're rolling. I think for a little bit, you know, not playing always the best teams. They're they're dropping some games they shouldn't, but this team still has that one-two junior class, and all three of those guys are starting. And then the guys that aren't in that class are really filling it up on the scoreboard. So, um, I mean, I you know this this isn't your typical fifteen seed is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think that's fair. But I, I wonder about that class, the junior class. I mean, when we were talking about Boise, you asked me about their 5'9 class because they have underperformed as freshmen. These guys are all solid starters in Stewart, Edgerton, and Wood. But when you bring in a class that's ranked number one by either publication, you want a superstar, right? I mean, yeah. some somebody who's a game-changing player in the NTT. And I don't know, maybe would you say Edgerton is a guy like that? I mean, maybe. His stats are very good all the way around, but... It's a little bit of an underwhelming class just just for, you know, to be yeah. ranked quite that highly. Um, I don't know. But, you know, they're they're all solid players. They're all in there. They must be talented. So maybe they will have their run now. And it's true what you said, that the other two guys are not slouches. They have not only the most points, but the highest game score or first and third game score of the scene, you know, of the starters. So, mm-hmm. you know, some some very, you know, some good talent. They won the regular season in conference 10 which I think is probably a little underranked. Some good teams are there. You mentioned yeah. Daytona. Clearwater earned its way into the NTT by winning yeah. the conference tournament. And that's a team that was was good last year and just has struggled this year. So I think that's impressive to win conference 10. And it it could be a good game. It's hard for me to quit Louisville having you know seen yeah. them prove it the last two seasons. Uh, but yeah, Ocala has some talent for sure. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is it's going to be really hard to keep up with them. Like. Mm-hmm. They just, they score so efficiently. Um, but, you know, Talon has a way of 
you know, working its way out, working yeah. itself out, you know, and, you know, this, this team is not, does not have a life for talent. Uh, let's look at the next matchup. we got the Santa Fe Caesars against the Lubbock Lights. Santa Fe comes in. They um, got uh, an at-large bid, 25. Um, Stephen Bass, the sophomore shooting guard, um, scoring 18.8 points per game. Joshua Scott, the 6'10". Um, I think him and Javier Gwim, I know, was a pretty big tie. I was on him. I think Joshua Scott was a tie and um last year I could I could be wrong um but they uh looks like it at least if you look at his stats uh 1913 class he's got some highly rated classes there so um you know this team's this team's solid Lubbock you know they they got Bailey Whitehead Kev, uh Kenneth Lovett I'm not sure how active this coach is honestly um Norm uh, zone all year, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I, he, he's really good friends with Boardman, and I think Boardman's told me that he's like he wasn't sure if he was gonna, um, yeah, he wasn't sure, you know, after mm-hmm. the NPT, but you know, they snuck in, they won, they won their first game in overtime, and then um, first El Paso, they made the NTT. They got a couple stars on it. They got that three-two class um, of seniors, and then a couple other guys around them. But um, I think they're going to have a hard time with Santa Fe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel a bit a little better about Lubbock. Now you have that inside info that the coach may not be paying that much attention, and that could change things for sure. But just looking at some of the early season games from Lubbock, I'm impressed. I mean, they lost to Montpelier by two. Montpelier hasn't lost to anybody. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, Montpelier won the PNTT and is 18 and 0. So, you know, when we get to them, you know, they're number yeah. seven in the country that they must feel kind of disrespected. They also um, beat Rockford. So. Yeah, right. I was getting to that for sure. Lubbock beat Rockford, you know, admittedly in preseason, but it's a PNTT game. So you figure teams are taking it seriously. Um, so despite the fact that Lubbock lost its first three regular season games, uh, there's something to build on there. And just that talented senior class, you know, three sim hoops, two hardwood, uh, with some guys who are putting up some numbers, you know, I mean, Whitehead and Lovett both scoring 20 points a game um, and the third seniors on the bench. But those those guys are good. Uh, I'm a little suspicious of the 5'9 point guard. I don't remember seeing that work uh, for a team that was really a contender. Uh, but his numbers are okay. Jeremy French, you know, he's shooting well. So he hasn't been a huge problem. Um, Santa Fe definitely has a lot of talent. Three straight really nice classes. Seniors are not ranked as well. Um, maybe for some reason I have a hard time really taking Santa Fe seriously. I feel like they've sort of been mostly out of the NTT. I mean, Conference 32 is our neighboring yep. conference. I pay some attention to them. To me, and maybe it's just because of the way the message board looks, and maybe it's totally unfair. You know, I always think of it as like it was human Flagstaff a long time ago. Flagstaff then started dominating the conference for a while, and Albuquerque was always, you know, hanging around and lately has been winning the conference. That's the way I think of it. So to me, Santa Fe is like an afterthought in the conference, and that might just be totally unfair. Um, but when I see a team like Lubbock that has played some good teams, played them tough, beat Rockford, has the talented seniors, I, I sort of lean their way. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move down to the um, 314 matchup. We got my own Nashville Syrup going against the Allentown Alley-Oops. Um, yeah, we've been trying a few different things this year, but and they're all working. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it seems like things are working <laughs> for the most part. Um, you know, 
I moved our leading scorer to the bench halfway through the year. He just, yeah, he just wasn't getting, I don't know. He was doing okay for me, but also, yeah, trying different things, you know, trying to figure it out. And yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like we've been overrated kind of all year. Um, and now we're number 10, a three seed going into the NTT, but this team, you know, I'm, I keep on saying that it's like, I don't know how good we are, but we keep playing like we're really good. So um, I'll take it. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, you know, it's pretty tough to praise conference 15 as much as we were and not take you guys seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how seriously to take myself, but I know. You're um, not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we got guys, I mean, Maxwell Johnson has been playing incredible. Um, like it's like, man, can I get him to shoot more? Uh <laughs> Yeah, he's gone to another level this year for sure. Uh, as a senior, he was he was a clear lead that I didn't prioritize, and he just kind of turned into a really good a really good basketball player. So I always take that. Allentown, um, they made the NTT last year. This year, they won conference uh, their conference one championship by five over over Brunswick. You know, they got some solid players. You know, their junior class has that big gap. Um, so Garrett Gregg is probably a really solid player. Um, and then there's freshman and sophomore classes are, are pretty solid too with Gage Junkin, um, Deshaun Mercado, um, Nathaniel Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, is it, they made the NTT. They got, they got some, they got some talent there, um, you know, and they're, they're, uh, point they're two guards they shoot really efficiently so um we'll be ready for a battle um i'm excited to see how it goes so about allentown uh when they won the conference one tournament they did it in part thanks to a very exciting semifinal victory over hershey team i'm familiar with because yeah, my, yeah. my dad coaches them and i i mean at the end of that game hershey had a lead by one with eight seconds left and then gage duncan you mentioned him made a three uh, with seven seconds yeah. left uh, to win that game. So that was a, a really close game, an exciting one for Allentown. And they came out and beat Brunswick, the regular season champ. So, you know, Conference One doesn't get a ton of respect historically. They haven't been great. Uh, it's a bit better than it used to be, right? Conference yeah. One is up at 17. A um, couple teams in the NTT, a couple, of the, a couple more that aren't too far away. Uh, so this is a solid Allentown team. And I think if I was looking at the game before the season without knowing how your two teams were going to do, just knowing from talking to you and watching last year's version of Nashville, I would think it, you know, it might be a competitive game. Uh, and so I think what's kind of tough is, you know, is are, are you guys going to just keep doing what you've done all season long? Or is, you know, once you're out of conference 15, for some reason, will you revert to the team you sort of expected to be? And I, you know, I hope you don't think this is a disrespectful mm -hmm. take, right? I mean, I'm just trying to parrot no, back what I've got, what I've gotten yeah. from you. Uh, but there are times when your chemistry really totally, you know, meshes. And I think that's what yeah. you have this year. You know, you're moving things around. They're working. These guys like playing together. They mm -hmm. have amassed 14 wins against the number five strength of schedule. So we talked about South Bend and Jefferson City and teams like that that were closer to 500. You know, that's not what's going on with you guys. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're 14 and four. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just in conference 15, to be fair, you beat Plainview in in the second game of the regular season, they're 16 and two right now. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a really nice non-conference win to add to it. Um, so, you know, on, on talent, your two, two teams are not all that different. 
just in terms of the recruiting rankings, but in terms of the resume and the accomplishments from this season, there's a pretty big gap. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's always good when, uh, when playing basketball is fun. And right now it's a lot of fun for us. Um, we're doing, we're playing well and we're having fun. So yeah. Going to take that. <laughs> cool. Let's look at the uh, next matchup. We got Arlington against Lancaster. Um, Lancaster called me out on the board saying, <laughs> "Hey, you gave me a, you gave me a forty-one percent chance of winning." Or wait, I maybe it was less than that. I so you just oh hold on. So I missed the bubble podcast. I saw the spreadsheet that you know sort of inspired it, or you know. So yeah. you just came up with those percentages on your own, or was there some basis for it? Um, I looked at power rankings and then how they did against each other, um, how, how, how they, how the teams did against each other in the regular season. And I kind of made it up. <laughs> okay. Got it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if this team has a 41, I kind of added up all the percentages to get oh, okay. the number of upsets I thought would happen. Yeah. Um, he's like, you gave us a 41 chance percent chance to beat Scranton. And we beat him by 42 points. <laughs> I liked your response though. It was a good response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was good. Yeah, once I looked at the box score, I, I gave you a hundred percent chance. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, that's what counts. You got it right in the end. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, Arlington they they got an at large team, um, solid team. It it's interesting. They they play a lot through the post with Taylor Asher, the sophomore. Um, really leading the way. Christopher Fuller is a really solid player, too. I like Israel uh, Morales. Um, you know, 9.8 assists, 1.8 steals, doesn't turn the ball over. So that's a nice player to have out there. Uh, Lancaster, um, you know, Lancaster, they, they, got that, they got that huge win. Um, you know, and they really rely on Colin Hines. Uh, Colin Hines, Eddie Harper. That Eddie Harper... Against uh, against Taylor Asher matchup is going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, I'm excited to see that. Um, Colin Hines against Israel Morales should be fun. You know, Lancaster's a pretty solid team. Um, and Ar- so Arlington, we know they play. We know they play a really tough schedule. Lancaster plays one of the worst schedules. Um, but you know, they played. Independence in the regular season, Laredo, who made the NTT. Uh, you got Scranton in the in the conference. Um, you know, but they won most of their games, and um, they won when they counted. And they beat. You know, they're they're coming in hot. <laughs> you know, they win they win their game against Atlantic City by uh, sixty three, and then they win by. Is that right? Sixty three. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's. <Wow. laughs> That's incredible. And then they went by yeah. 21 against Pittsburgh, who isn't a slouch of a team. And they went by 42. This team's just hot at the right time. Um, I wouldn't be too excited to see them as an 11 seed if I'm Arlington. No. And Lancaster is the 21st most talented team in the country, just mm-hmm. based on average class ranking. Arlington is 36. Now, of course, they have the 1-1 class. Yeah, so maybe that's not properly accounted for. Yeah, 1-1 sophomore. Uh, so two really interesting teams and impressive teams to take a look at in different ways. Ar- I went into this matchup thinking, oh, for sure, Arlington's the team that's going to pull it out because last year they made it all the way to the Elite Eight. That was with a 1-1 freshman class. Now they've got a 1-1 sophomore class. You know, why, why wouldn't the ascension just continue? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's 
no, you know, nothing that I've seen in looking at them causes me to start doubting them. It's just looking at Lancaster, you know, they're only 14 and four. They were outside of the NTT before this game, but they have a lot of talent on their team. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to see why they wouldn't be able to keep up um, with the talent that they do have. Uh, and it's, you know, as you said, they've been winning games by huge margins. You know, they won by 33. Uh, they won by, as you said, 63. They won yeah. by 21. They won by 42. It helps when you score 110 points or more. Yeah. So I, I think this is going to be a, a really good game. I, I, I still like Arlington just because they've done it in the NTT re- so recently. But, you know, Lancaster has been in the NTT three seasons in a row. Last yeah. year finished finished 20 and four. Uh, has that really nice senior class with the bookends, point guard and CN center. Uh, so I would imagine this could be a very high scoring. I mean, Arlington averages 91.4 a game. Lancaster scores 85.1, but late, lately has been in the triple digits. Mm-hmm. So if there were a prop for highest scoring game in the first round, I think I would lean this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, let's, uh, let's make picks on this, on this region. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think Bakersfield's going to meet up with St. Paul. Um, I think that could be a really good game. You know, I, I think I'm going to take St. Paul. You know, Baker, it's tough to pick against Bakersfield, but um, St. Paul. You know, I've 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 uh, dragged him down a few times, um, <laughs> and I think uh, I think they're going to move out of there. Tough to be pick against Louisville. I got Louisville over Santa Fe. Um, I got us. Man, we're going to struggle with Arlington if we play them or Lancaster. <laughs> um, but I, I think Louisville takes – I think we get to the Sweet 16 and lose to Louisville. Louisville is just – that's going to be a tough team to match up with. And I think Louisville uh, goes to the Final Four. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the St. Paul pick in one respect, which is, I mean, Coach Blue has shown an ability to take down super teams in the past, yeah. right, having beaten Duluth. But last year, that team had a chance to beat Bakersfield in the NTT and couldn't do it. Lost 82-64. to 64. I just went back and looked that okay. up. I've yeah. not memorized the score of that game. Uh, so it's a little hard for me to see why it'll be different this year. Bakersfield maybe doesn't have, have quite the same. Year a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, I, okay. It's true. Things are different. But I guess to, I would put it this way. Bakersfield is still the more talented team. Yeah. So if you're taking St. Paul, you're taking, you know, sort of, uh, you know, Wiley coaching and whatever it is. And that wasn't enough last year. So yeah. I don't know. And Bakersfield um, Louisville could be a really good matchup too. I think. I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, Louisville is a team that I underestimated last year. I would rather not do that this year, but the Arlington Lancaster matchup just really keeps sticking out to me. Um, you know, Arlington had so much success in the NTT last year, actually finished better than Louisville did, finished sixth in the NTT last year, Louisville finished mm. eighth. So, you know, they both made the Elite Eight, but Arlington was able to win uh, a consolation game after that. Louisville was not. Uh, and so I, I guess what I would say is if Arlington's able to get by Lancaster, which I don't think is a foregone conclusion, I would take them to go to the Elite Eight. Uh, yeah. from, from the bottom half. If Lancaster wins, I don't feel as good about that just because they've been more inconsistent this year. You know, I mean, they have the talent. I think they could beat Arlington. I certainly think if they play you in round two, they could beat you. Uh, but I don't know if I see them winning three straight games to get to the Elite Eight. Um, but, you know, to make an official prediction, I'm going to say the winner of that game 
gets to the Elite Eight. And I, I'm I am just going to stick with Bakersfield on the top. Uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't see the team there that's going to take them out. Um, so I think it's going to be Bakersfield, Arlington. I can't remember who Ar- oh, Arlington had Ann Arbor in the Elite Eight last year. And what do you think? What do you think about you think Omaha has a chance against Bakersfield at all? I like Omaha. Uh, I I think they're pretty good. I do think they'll have a chance. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Bakersfield, it's not just theory, right? It's not just that they have this yeah, yeah. they've done in the past. They've been good all year long this year. Yeah. Too. Um, that Inglewood team is legit, and they've beaten them two out of three. Um, they beat Fremont, which is the top ten team. As you said, they beat Sioux City in the preseason. I kind of think it's overthinking it to pick against them. You know, maybe we won't pick them to win the title this year, uh, but – I, I see them playing against Arlington in the Elite Eight. Um, I, I'll take Arlington for the heck of it. You know, they, they did real well last year. I'll, I'll throw them a bone and, and take them this year. Uh, yeah. But I, I wouldn't want to be picking against Bakersfield before that. Yeah. Cool. Well, that wraps it up for Region 1. Um, and we'll come back. 